How many students in here, you have been a student or you're currently a student, you've been in a university or a college or you've gone to high school at one time or another? Anybody? Maybe, maybe you're in grammar school one time or another? Oh, you were before that? Okay. <laughs> so anybody ever love pop test and pop quiz? they catch you off guard, wouldn't they? Well, we're going to have a pop quiz today. And uh, if you don't pass... Uh, you're going to have to stay here till Wednesday night service. You know, we don't get to go home. We'll let you clean the church and help out. Uh, but if you pass, you'll win and you get to go home today. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a pop test. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read three scripture portions of scripture. And I want you to tell me what is the command that God gave that is consistent in all three. Okay? So we're going to start Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Come on, just say that with me. Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Man, I just can't pass that up. There's power in the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Glory. I just can't pass that up. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Second portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. <clears throat> but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now the third portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Here we've looked at three different portions of Scripture, one focusing on Joseph, one focusing on Mary, one focusing on the shepherds, all of very important characters that God chose to be a part of opening heaven and invading earth with heaven to bring a turnaround on earth so that we could live some heaven on earth. 
and it all came with him giving his only begotten son, Jesus, whom we celebrate here today. But in these three accounts, where the angel is bringing a message from God to Joseph, God is, uh, the angel is bringing a message from God to Mary, and God, uh, the angel is bringing a message from God to the shepherds, there was a command in each one, and the pop test is this. What was that command? Okay, some of you are going to be cleaning the church. Okay, and I'm glad. I know Brother Marty's excited. Sister Angie, you are excited. You're going to have some help this week. Uh, do not be afraid. There were many things they said in all of them, but the command, I said the command from God was what? The commandment was, do not be afraid, fear not. Somebody said it. Who said it over here? You said it, okay. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to clean the church all week. <laughs> fear not, fear not. Here God wants to invade this earth and he wants to bring a change about. He wants to usher in a new law coming from under the law of sin and death and he's going to do it by first and foremost ridding the atmosphere of fear. Because what God wants to do cannot take place in the atmosphere of fear. Fear has to go. Fear has to go. And let me tell you what. Fear, the common definition, is a feeling of dread or uneasiness or anxiousness. But the biblical definition of fear is a spirit that brings dread, uneasiness, or anxiousness. We see that in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. There's a spirit that comes in with fear. It brings fear. It ushers fear. So where fear is tolerated, you are housing demonic spirits. You are, you are entertaining demonic spirits. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because fear comes with a spirit. And it's a spirit of fear. God has not given us that, but He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. So the angel comes to Joseph and said, Joseph, you're going to be a key character in this, in so much that you're going to be the covering for Mary. And even though this will not be your child, this will be a holy child, this will be one of the Holy Ghost that comes through your wife. This is something never been heard, never been seen. No virgin has ever had a baby before. But in order for this miracle to be ushered in, I need you to stand in faith and get rid of the fear. Fear not. And then he comes to Mary and he says, Mary, you're going to be a key character in this uh, dramatization and the fulfillment of what God wants to do in changing things here on earth. The Son of God, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. His Son needs to be born not of the seed of man, which would come under the sin nature, under the law of sin and death, but needs to come through a virgin and bypass the, uh, the seed of man. So Mary, in order for the miracle to come to earth and to be manifest, you've got to get rid of the fear. Fear not. I command you, get rid of the fear. And then shepherds, you're going to be the first evangelists that are going to go out and let the world know. You're going to let the declaration go out that the Son of God is born here on earth. And in order for that word to go out in the power of the Spirit rather than under a demonic uh, 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 influence, you've got to get rid of the fear. Fear not. And later with the wise men, the same thing, fear not. Warned in a dream, do not go that way, but go this way. And they went home a different way. They went home without fear. They went home in faith to go and let the world know where they came from, what had been done here. See, we must understand that fear is the opposite, puts us in the opposite position of what God wants in our lives. We must fear not. 
Because when a believer is influenced by the Holy Spirit, we call this anointing, right? When we come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we say we come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit empowers us and gives us courage and causes us to be bold. We get the boldness of God, the surge of power of God, the wisdom of God comes through the Holy Spirit. The enabling that we need to be a Christian comes through the Holy Spirit. And, and the presence of the spirit of fear in your life also brings an anointing. You must understand that Satan is no creator. He is not a creator. God, God is the creator. Amen. Satan has never created anything. So he copies. He's a copycat. But he distorts his copy. So everything that de the devil will do, he'll copy what God is doing, but he'll do it in a negative way. So where the anointing of the Holy Spirit brings encouragement and the empowerment of heaven on earth, the presence of the spirit of fear brings with it an anointing. But it's a negative anointing. It's a destructive anointing. Let me look at this chart up here and I'll show you the difference between a Holy Spirit anointing tugging at the demonic anointing. And, and, and whether you're in fear or faith is where you're going to be on this tug-of-war line. And this tug-of-war is always going on. The devil doesn't give up on you. The devil wants to kill you and destroy you and take you out. So here with the Holy Spirit anointing, we get the empowering of God to succeed. God wants you to succeed. You're His son. You're His daughter. He wants you to live a blessed life. He wants to give you His wisdom. He wants to give you faith. He wants to bring the manifest of, uh, of His blessings and His favor in your life and in your family. He wants to usher in His peace, His shalom, where nothing is broken and nothing is missing. But the devil is not idle. The devil is trying by fear to pull you over into this demonic anointing. And this is what fear opens the door and it will bring in a paralysis and you'll make poor decisions and it'll cause you to start operating in doubt and unbelief and, and it brings forth the manifest of a curse. And that's what Satan wants. God wants the manifest of the blessing and Satan wants the opposite, the manifest of the curse, ushering in demonic fear into your life. So we must understand that this tug of war is always taking place. Let me give you an example of a demonic anointing. In Mark chapter 5, there's this story about where Jesus goes to this man that's in Gadara, and he's out in the tombs, and he's been chained, and he breaks the chains. He's crazy. He's fearful. Everybody's afraid of him. He's paranoid. He's filled with demons, a legion of demons, the Bible says. They've empowered him to break chains. They're supernatural feats, just like the Holy Ghost anointing gives us supernatural access to power there's demonic access of power to those who allow this demonic anointing in their life. And this demonic anointing, it causes him to be par paranoid and, and, and very fearful. And he's living in the tombs. He's isolated from society. He's withdrawn and uninvolved and holding back. And, and he's miserable and he's wretched. And he's bound uh, from his divine destiny. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to bind you and keep you from your divine destiny. And he's filled with demons, the Bible says. Fear cut him off from the good life. I'm here to tell you the devil's trying to cut you off from the good life. But I want to be a voice. I want to be a voice that is ringing forth the truth of God's Word and saying that the God wants you to receive His anointing and walk in His anointing and operate in His anointing by faith and live the good life. God is a good, good God. He's a good, good Father. And all good and perfect gifts come from the Father of lights. 
So, but we've got to understand what's going on here. And it started, we see it right here as Christmas, our first Christmas celebration where Jesus is going to be born. In order to get all of this supernatural manifest of heaven on earth, had to get rid of the fear. Had to get rid of the fear. Fear not, fear not, fear not. Get rid of the fear. The same is true when Jesus, you remember when he was resurrected and they're the disciples and he's preparing them for the day of Pentecost and, it, and, and the birth of the church and all. Every time he walked into the scene, he said, fear not. There's over 365, they say 366 plus there's more if you look at where it says don't be anxious and don't worry and all these other things uh, that do fear nots in the Bible. That we're not to fear. There's a fear not for every day of the week. God doesn't want you living with fear because fear ushers in this demonic anointing where the manifest of hell becomes your reality rather than where faith ushers in the manifest of heaven. Now, this all is really broken down into two basic parts, and Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at those scriptures together, and I believe you'll see what I'm talking about. He says, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, we love that part, and we quote, quote that part, but let's go ahead and finish the verse. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. If you walk according to the flesh, he says there's condemnation. He says, but if you don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, there's no condemnation. Now he goes on to qualify it in verse 2. He says, for the law, there's a law involved here. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us, what? Free from another law, the law of sin and death. So he's telling us there's two basic domains under which a Christian can and must operate. And you must make that choice. I can inform you, but you have to make the choice which law you're going to live under. You're going to live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ, or you're going to law, live under the law of sin and death. Every person right now, you're living under one of those laws. Now if you remember, a law is an established principle that can be expected to function the same way every time. For example, look at the law of gravity. If I were to bring a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a 50-year-old, and a hundred-year-old and give them all a 10-pound rock and put my foot under that rock and they release it, what's going to happen every time? My foot's going to hurt because of the law of gravity. The law of gravity doesn't care how old they are. doesn't care how, how tall they are. It doesn't care, care what degree they have. It doesn't care where their address is. It doesn't care. The law of gravity works the same. It's an established principle that can be expected to function the same way every time. Did you know the same is true with spiritual laws? I love this. Because it's never a guess. It's never, I get up in the morning and say, oh my, where's the wind blowing today? The wind of the spirits of, of, that are working about here. Where am I? I don't know what my, my future holds. No, you can know. You can know. Because the same is true with spiritual laws. If you live under the law of sin and death, you will receive sin-oriented results. You will receive death-oriented results. And there's condemnation and there's guilt and there's shame and there's isolation and there's paranoia. There's fear. There's all this stuff that comes under that law. It's just how that law operates. But the good news is we don't have to live under that law. We can choose to live under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus where you will receive the power of the Spirit. You'll receive the life in Christ results. 
Life in the anointing, the acceptance, the forgiveness, the peace. You'll receive the fruit of the Spirit, all nine of them. Love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And, and the fruit of the Spirit and the, and the gifts of the Spirit are flowing under the life of the, of the law of the Spirit in, of life in Christ. All of this is yours. These two laws, you have to choose which one you're going to live under. You see here, uh, there's a sword fight going on. There's a battle going on. See, the enemy, if he can't keep you in his camp as a heathen, look at somebody and say, I pray you're not a heathen. No, okay. Uh, if he can't keep you in his camp as a heathen, then he wants you to be a Christian who lives under the law of sin and death. Because now you're a billboard in the name of Christ of, of defeat, of negative, of loss, of depression, of fear, of bondage, of slavery. I've had people tell me this, and, and it frustrates me. I understand where they're coming from, but it frustrates me. They say, you know, when I was in the world, my business did better. I made more money when I was in the world than when I became a Christian. Well, the first thing I want to ask is now that you've come, become a Christian, are, are you living under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, which you enter in by faith? So that means is every area is your finances in faith. Or are you still trying to operate when you were, when you were with the mafiosa, you, you know, with the devil, you know, are you still trying to operate your finances the same way? And they say, what's the difference? Well, God says to enter into a divine economy, it takes everything that we enter into God takes faith. So with the, with the finances, he brings tithes and offerings into this. And the law of reciprocity, where the measure you give, it will be measured back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That you trust God, that you're going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and you're going to do it his way, and he's going to get involved and start adding to you. That's a different way of doing business than when you've got to do it all hook, crook, and lie, and cheat, and fudge, and, and gray area, and, and all this stuff in the, in the world's way, right? The Bible says there's an increase that comes with sorrow, but there's an increase that comes without sorrow. The God brings an increase without sorrow. So you don't have to lose your family, lose your children, lose your health, lose your mind, and lose your marriage and all trying to, trying to make money. You see what I'm saying? There can be increase that comes without sorrow. But it's whichever law you're living under. So I've had people tell me, I was healthier when I, before I became a Christian. Seems like since I became a Christian, I've got all this sickness and disease I'm dealing with. Since I became a Christian, I'm, my finances are going to pot. My, my relationships are going to pot. No wonder you were, you were with the devil. He wasn't, he wasn't fighting against you. He had you on a bus headed straight to hell and he wanted to keep you as happy and drunk and, and freed up and, 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 and without misery to keep you on the bus so he could take you straight to hell. But you chose to say, enough, enough. I'm not living this life. I'm going to live my life for Jesus Christ. So now you made a stand. And the enemy's fighting against you. And the good news is, in the beginning, it may seem like you're taking a, taking a battle. But the good news is, you can, you can uh, get strong in this thing called faith to where you pick up your shoe and you start telling the devil, all authority has been given to me over all your power, and you're under my feet. If you want to fight, I'll, I'll dance on your head. And when he sees that, he starts backing up because he knows his defeat is inevitable. When he knows that you know. But when you don't know, you're still living in fear. You're living under the law of sin and death. So he's fighting with you. 
under the law of sin and death, there's a force of despair and total selfishness and, and where you take, 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 take and there's discouragement and, and this defeated mentality and this victim mentality that comes. But when you by faith say, I'm not going to live under the law of sin and death. I'm going to live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ. And that's what Jesus said in John 10 and 10. You remember? He says, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the law of sin and death. But I've come to give you what? life and life more abundant. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ is that abundant life that Jesus is telling us about. And it's where it's, it's, it brings that force of hope and that agape love where now you give and give and that courage and that boldness and that conqueror's mentality and, and an overcomer. But we've got to learn to live under the law of the spirit of, of life in Christ Jesus because it's the most powerful force that, that's known to man and it's known and we enter in and live that way by faith we got to be a people of faith. The Bible says that without faith, you cannot please the Lord. Faith is the key. Faith is the key. Let me tell you what. Faith, God tells us by faith we can move mountains. The Bible tells us that God says by faith you can work miracles. You can work miracles. God works miracles through you by faith. The Bible tells us that God says faith ushers in the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. Glory to God. Faith is what it takes to appropriate or take hold of every promise that Jesus has provided for us. God tells us that by faith, the very, by, by the very world that we, we see was formed by the Word of God. It wasn't a big bang. It wasn't that uh, all these things that came into alignment that, that nobody really with any good brain at all can tell you that the intricacies of everything and the balance of the ecosystem and all that is set up couldn't have just been a car wreck in, in the uh, cosmos. It just couldn't have been. Every car wreck I've ever seen on earth left things worse off. And you couldn't have everything down to the minute, minuscule cell that leans and trusts and deals on each other and is interdependent to keep everything going the way it does by some car wreck in the cosmos, okay? The Bible says the very Word of God formed the world so that the things which are seen were made of things which were uh, unseen. So God said, said words and they became reality, so that's what we have to learn to do because it was done by faith. The world was created by faith. We were created in the image of God. We are to be people of faith. But let me tell you what. Faith has a nemesis. Faith has an adversary. Okay? Faith is always under attack where fear is trying to come in if faith steps aside. See, there's never a vacuum in your life. You're never fear-free and faithless at the same time. You either have faith front and center or fear front and center. Now, it may not be showing itself as fear, but there's no vacuum here. You're either walking by faith or you're walking by fear, okay? One is always at work, one of those laws. We see an example of that in Mark chapter 4, verse 40, where Jesus is asleep on the boat. You remember that? And the storm comes up, and the disciples, they get all afraid, all fearful, and they wake Jesus up. And then when Jesus wakes up, he rebukes the wind and the wave as though almost as a side thought, okay, be calm. But then he turns to them and he says, why are you so fearful? Why have you allowed fear to rise up? You've let fear come in and now that fear is going to cause this, this storm to destroy us. He says, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And he says little faith in some translations and it's literally in the Greek. It means a faith that had a sprint start but it lost its wind. Jesus says, I need you to be constant. I need you to pace yourself. 
And I believe he would say to us as well, he don't want us to get up on a Sunday morning when all the music and there's all the hype and everything is everybody's joined together and say, yes, I'm a man of faith. Yes, I'm a woman of faith. And then when Tuesday or Wednesday challenges come, we're, we're exhausted and just we're fearful and we're, we're falling back. He wants us to pace ourselves because either faith is going to be forefront or fear is going to be forefront. And if you don't pace yourself and you back down and your faith exhausts, the fear will come right in. And then the storms of life will bring destruction in your life. So we see how faith and fear work in the same way, but they operate under different laws. So we must understand this. There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ and the law of sin and death. And these are like reciprocals of each other on the opposite ends. And, and, and you may say, well, how does that play out in my life? Let me show you. Okay, here's a chart. Here's the law of the spirit of life in Christ, and here's the law of sin and death. Under the law of the spirit of life in Christ, faith comes by hearing the word of God. I congratulate you for being here this morning. You're hearing the word of God. What you're going through right now is a supernatural exercise. What is happening here is not just natural. It's not just you listening to a talk. You're hearing the word of God. As you hear the Word of God, your faith, it is speaking. The Word of God is so designed, it's speaking to the, the measure of faith that God created in you. And every one of you have a measure of faith. Every one of us has a measure of faith. So the Word of God is speaking to that faith and causing that faith to arise. Hallelujah. So when faith then arises, it has to release itself. Faith has to be heard. So it will speak. So when you speak, it releases Holy Spirit power. Hallelujah. So when you speak the word, not parrot it, but believe it and speak it in faith, the word begins to usher in all of the energy and the power and the anointing and the blessing and the presence of all the angels and all of the Holy Ghost to bring forth the manifest of the word here on this earth. Hallelujah. So fear has to go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 of John 1 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In order for the Word to become flesh and dwell among us, fear had to go. Joseph, fear not. Mary, fear not. Angels, fear not, so that we can have faith. This is what the Word of God. He's going to be born, the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And when the fear left and faith, faith began to declare the Word of God, what happened? Jesus was manifested here on earth. Now the other law, see Satan can't create so he copies. So the law of sin and death operates in the same manner where fear comes by hearing the word of Satan and then fear in order for it to release its power and its demonic activity, it has to speak as well. Right? Let's say you hear you're losing your job or you're losing a big contract. The Holy Spirit is whispering, let God show himself strong on your behalf. God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this stuff will be added unto you. Look at the birds of the air and how God cares for them and the lilies of the field and how much more does he care for you. God will meet your needs. He will meet your needs according to His riches and glory. Don't you be worried about it. Don't you let fear come in. Stand in faith that if God's closing this door or if the enemy's taking this contract, God's going to bring me better. He's going to bring me better. And you just keep declaring. 
that my God shall, shall supply. My God, he is not, his arm is not short that he cannot reach and touch and provide. So, so you, you, you're, that's how you stay in the law uh, of the life in Christ. But look on the other side. Satan whispers, you're going broke. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your car. You're going to lose your integrity. You're going to lose your, your standing in the communi community. Your family's going to suffer. Your, your spouse is probably going to leave you. Your children won't have anything to do with you anymore because you're broke. So you start wringing your hands and you start losing sleep and you start fearing bankruptcy and total loss in your life because you're now under this law of sin and death. Whereas if you say, wait a minute, no. That's what's happening in the natural. But I'm ushering in the supernatural to bring forth the manifest of heaven on earth. God is not... God, God, that contract was not my God. That contract was never my supply. My supply is God. Hallelujah. And when you do that, you rejoice even when you can't see what God is doing because you believe and trust God that He's going to do what He said He's going to do. That brings you under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ where you have an abundant life and the other brings you under the law of sin and death. Let me give you another example. Say your physician discovers an incurable disease. This doesn't make your physician evil. Their, their, their job, their calling, they have a healing anointing, they're their healing calling, and, and they've been, that's why they went and sacrificed and studied and, and paid all the money to go through medical school and internship and all that stuff, and it's not as easy as you think it is, and they're not as rich as you think they are. They're some true servants of God, but they have a limitation. Their instruments, their studies, their, their, the meds, anything that they can do in surgery, they have limitations. They're not God. They work with God. They can stitch it up, but God does the healing. And I really respect the ones who believe that and share that with their patients. But let's say your physician discovers you have an incurable disease, and as far as it is the man, left up the man, we can't do anything. So you got a choice. This news, you got a choice. Are you going to come under the law of life in Christ? Or are you going to come under the law of sin and death? And faith or fear is going to determine which way you go. You could say, by faith, God's word declares, by his stripes, I was healed. First, first Peter 2.24, by his stripes, I was healed. 2,000 years ago, it's a done deal. He said in Psalms 91.16, with long life, he would satisfy me. So I'm claiming the word of God. This brings you under the law of the spirit of life in Christ. But on the other hand, if you come under fear... Where Satan whispers, well, this is it. You're going to die. It's going to be painful. It's going to break you. It's going to exhaust your finances. And it's going to be agonizing. You're going to die. You're going to die. And if fear comes in, then this brings you under the law of sin and death. And boy, the enemy will go full time speed to try and get you out before you have any chance of switching back over. Do you see what I'm saying? See, fear gives place to the devil. It allows him to operate freely. It opens the front door and it invites him and his demonic hordes to come into your life and into your situation. This is what happened with the disciples when they were in the boat. Fear allowed the storm to get to the point where it was going to destroy them. But when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the, the storm as though it was, it was a side note. But then he focuses in on them with no faith. He said, you've let fear come in. You can't live this way, men. You've got to live by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. So I encourage you, as I try to wrap up this, this teaching on this Christmas, of, of Sunday leading up to Christmas, uh, to understand where you stand in the decisions that you make 
what they're going to bring you into in this week. So we've got faith, which activates the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the abundant life. Faith brings, Jesus said, I want you to have the abundant life. I, I, that's what I want you to have, abundant life. But it takes faith to activate that in your life. Fear activates the law of sin and death. So if you let fear come in, then it's going to activate the law of sin and death, and then you're inviting demonic anointing to empower the bad thing rather than Holy Ghost anointing to empower the good thing. Now get this. Faith comes by words. Fear comes by words. So you've got to watch what you say. Are you saying, Pastor Tim, that these two laws are summed up? That these two laws all have to deal with fear and faith and the words that I speak? Well, look at Proverbs 18.21 and you tell me. Proverbs 18.21 says this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The law of death, sin and death, and the law of life, that abundant life. There's the two. Do you see it? So you can operate, you can bring your life under any one of those two laws by what? The power of your tongue. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame your employer. Don't blame the government. Don't blame your neighbor. Don't blame your children. Don't blame your parents. The power is in your tongue. The power is in your tongue. Do you see that? That's the Word of God. Proverbs 18, 21, look it up. It's right there in the Bible. So you're either going to come under the law of death, sin and death, or the law of the life in Christ through the Spirit by the power of your tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. So you employ one or the other with your words. You, I could say it this way. You hire sin and death with fear words. Or you hire the life in the anointing with faith words. You hire it. Now here's how it works. Let's say symptoms do attack your body. And let me tell you what. When you do become a Christian, you, 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 the devil's not happy with that. He's not happy with us Christians. I'm glad to make him unhappy. I have no problem with that. But he puts a bullseye on us. And he tries his best. That's why we need the shield of faith, which quenches all the fiery darts. Because there's fiery darts being fired. And that's why we need each other to watch our back. Because the shield of faith, our shield of faith can cover the front, but we can't cover our back. We need each other, right? So the enemy's always trying to take us out. They're, this isn't a free flight. because, and, and I don't mind being on his hit list. Because I know greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. I'm, I'm not moved off of that. I, I know that he's under my feet. I know that I have authority over all the power of the... I know that, so I'm not worried about I'm not letting fear come in, no matter what arrows he throws against me, even if he gets a wound, a, you know, flesh wound, and it doesn't feel very good, I, I know I'm going to be healed. I know the wound immediately, that the blood, when the blood dried up and it scabbed up, I know there's healing taking place. God created this body. God is a good God. So much so that even though we, we, could, be an, uh, we could be enemies of God and our blood clots and, and begins to cells reconstruct and build together. See, God, in our very nature, we were created in His image. Our, our bodies are just a, a living example that God's a healing God. So let us work with God, with our faith, and, and let's see the, uh, uh, the God expedite a breakthrough in our lives. So we don't want to give up. We want to keep on keeping the faith, right? So let's say symptoms attack your body. 
you'll be, you'll be tempted to tell everybody how bad you feel. I know we do. Then you start saying, you know, I'm really sick, or I'm getting sick, or I know it's coming. I had the flu last year, same time I'm going to have the flu again this year. You know, whatever it is. We'll say things like, you know, I'll probably be in bed for days. I really can't miss work. We're not even called in sick yet, but we're saying, I'll probably have to miss a day or two of work this week because I'm really fevered brow and not feeling too good. Um, you know, I'm afraid of losing my job because I've already used up most of my sick days. And, and uh, I'll probably never be as strong as I was before, or, or I'm just going to have to accept these limitations. Let me tell you, if you give in to the temptation to feel sorry for yourself and get sympathy from others, and let me, let me just add to this before I say this. That sympathy we get from others when we don't feel good, it feels good. Let's be honest. Oh, you poor thing, sweet hunt. <laughs> feels good, doesn't it? Don't do much to heal you, but it feels good. And it don't last but maybe 30 megaseconds. And then it's gone. Okay? So when you give in to the temptation to feel sorry for yourself <coughs> and, and to get sympathy from others, it activates the fear uh, and death. It, it brings the fear in and it activates that law of sin and death. The fruit of the law of fear and death produces destruction, loss, pain, and suffering. That's what it does. But on the other hand, if you resist the temptation that, that Satan is bringing against you, and you say, wait a minute, by his stripes, I was healed 2,000 years ago. Therefore, I'm healed. I'm not accepting this disease. I'm not accepting this limitation. I'm not going to accept this. And then you activate the law of faith, uh, of life, by faith. Amen? Does this make sense? If you start saying, you know, uh, I'm not going to live with this limitation. Because greater is he who is in me. Jesus Christ came to this earth to turn things around. And I am, I'm not going to stop short of receiving everything he has for me. Now, we have to be disciples in this. It doesn't happen overnight. Look at somebody and say, be patient. You know, you stand in front of that microwave and, and you, you, that one minute is the longest minute ever. Do you not remember you used to have to pull out a cast iron a piece of pot and heat up a stove or heat up an oven and heat that thing up and it take an hour to get it heated up? Let's not become impatient. We need to be patient. We need to be disciples. You have to see that I'm going to operate under one law or the other. I pray that every one of you this Christmas would receive everything that God has for you in and through His Son, Jesus Christ that you would walk in the favor and the fullness and the healing and the blessing and the anointing and the provision and the promotion and everything that He has for you this season. And you would do it by saying, I have a choice whether I'm going to operate by faith or I'm going to operate by fear. And I'm choosing faith. And by faith, I'm going to declare the promises of God. I'm going to declare the Word of God. I'm going to declare it in faith. I'm not going to just declare it as a parent. I'm going to say it because I believe it. And as I say it and I believe it, it will bring me up under the law of the life that comes in Christ, the life of the Spirit, that abundant life, and that abundant life that Jesus says, I have come. He says, I, you know what? He told the angel, 
go tell Joseph, don't mess it up. Get fear out of the picture. He said, go tell Mary, don't mess it up. Get fear out of the picture. Go tell the shepherds, don't mess it up. Get fear out of the picture because I am coming that you might have life and might have life more abundantly. And I am reminding you today that don't live under the law of sin and death anymore. Rise up as men and women of faith and say, I believe what the Word of God says. I believe what Jesus came to bring to me. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will bring me up out of. That there's healing in the name of Jesus. That there's deliverance in the name of Jesus. That there's power in the name of Jesus. That there's peace in the name of Jesus. I believe and I declare and that's how I'm going to live and that's the law I'm going to operate by. No more sin and death but the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's abundant life. He came to give me and it's abundant life that I will live in. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not entered in that He came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves? You're running and you're growing weary. You're walking and you're fainting. Even the young men do that, He said. He said, but I've come that to mount you up on wings as an eagle that you might soar into the heavenlies to renew your strength that you will not weary, that you will not faint. Hallelujah. He says, I've made you kings and priests to God the Father, Jesus has done. You're kings and priests. Hallelujah. So we must, we must manifest the glory of heaven on earth. We are the conduit. We are the temple. We are the kings, the priests that represent the royalty of heaven. Hallelujah. You are created to display His splendor. You are an oak of righteousness, a planting of God for the display of His splendor. Just like you put lights on this tree to display the lights. You're the tree. And the lights are His glory. And He wants His glory and His healing and His and His power hanging all over you. Showing all over you. You're the light of the world. The world needs to see you healed. The world needs to see you prosper. The world needs to see you in power. The world needs to see you in a family that has peace. The world needs to see the display of heaven in and through and on our lives. Did you not know you were created to be up front? The head and not the tail. Stop riding on the back of the bus. It took one lady who said enough is enough. Enough is enough. And it changed the law. It's time for us to say enough is enough and step under a different law. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. That's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. Hallelujah. 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 Father God, I thank you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, while faith is, is high, Lord God, Lord, let us take hold of your word right now, God, and begin to declare with our mouth, Jesus Christ, you're my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my healer. 
You're my deliverer. You're my provider. You're my king. You're my Lord. You're my savior. You're my bright morning star. Hallelujah. You're my lily in the valley. Oh, I may go through the valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil. For my God be with me. Hallelujah. Why should I be afraid? Why should I be afraid of man when man can only touch the surface of the flesh? But when I have a God that gives me spirit and life. Hallelujah. So by faith, for right now, God, we go in into this Christmas, remainder of this Christmas season and into this new year, and we choose today the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. By faith, we choose it. We refuse the law of sin and death. We resist the law of sin and death. How do we do it? Fear not. We get rid of the fear. Resist the fear. We resist the lying whispers of the enemy. The enemy says, you're cursed. You were cursed before you were born. Or you were cursed right after you were born. Laugh. Ha, ha. I am under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And ain't no curse on my life or my children's life. Because I've been redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3. My Jesus came and redeemed me from the curse. Because cursed is he who hangs on the tree. He hung on a tree. So that he could take the curse off of me. I don't have to worry about the curse. I don't have to fear the curse. I'm not to live under the law of sin and death that brings a curse. I live by faith in Christ Jesus. And I come under the law of the spirit of life. Abundant life. Father, we thank you, Lord. It is our choice, I know, and we make that choice right now. We make that choice that we're going to live it for you, God. And we're going to live it by faith under the law of the spirit of life. And God, we just make a commitment. We're going to work out. Oh, there's people, Lord, we know will be getting gym sets that will become clothes hangers. We know they'll be getting treadmills, Lord, and walkers and all these things. And they'll become places to dry the laundry. Lord, and while physical exercise does help a little, you say in your word, we need this spiritual discipline. So, Lord God, let us commit, before we commit to physical strength, let us commit to our spiritual strength. Help us, Lord. Help us now to keep the routine, to become disciples of Christ with our faith ever growing every day, layer upon layer, until we can say, I shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. Though the enemy come from the left, the right, the north, the south, it matters not. I shall not be moved. Let us become like that farmer that stood in his bean patch and pea patch, and he says, I'm not giving up my harvest. I shall not be moved. And here he defeated the hordes of the armies of the Philistines. One man with a shepherd's stick. A cow pride. Because his faith ushered in the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth. He had angelic help. So Lord, help us to ever be mindful that there are two-thirds of the angels for us and only one-third against us. We got twice as many angels for us as we have against us. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray you would ever help us be mindful that if we had no angels for us, we got you. And you... By yourself. <laughs> Is no comparison even to the enemy. As he one day will even bow at your feet. And confess your lordship. According to your word. So Lord God we just pray that this day. 
on this, the 24th anniversary of this church's opening service, that we would make a solid commitment to you to go into the rest of this week, the rest of this year, and the year to come as men and women of faith, faith in your word to declare it, not to hear it only, but to declare it without doubt and without unbelief. Help us to do that, God. And Lord, I know as you will, if we will, we had not yet touched the surface of what we're yet to see as we usher in the manifest of heaven to be manifested here on earth. Father, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice right now would make this commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to have our prayer ministers come and make themselves available if you need uh, individual prayer. Uh, they're here. They, they, they pray with you. Let's say you've not accepted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Let me tell you what. There's no better time <clears throat> than a Sunday leading up to Christmas to open your heart and receive your Savior, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your King. If you have not accepted Christ, uh, you're under the law of sin and death and destruction and death and eternal uh, punishment and hell awaits Satan and his demons and anyone who doesn't accept the salvation plan of God. It's not God's plan for you to go to hell. He never created hell but for anyone but the enemy of Satan and his demons. But let me tell you what, if you reject Christ, that's the only alternative because there's only two laws to operate under. I would say to you today, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accept the gift of salvation that he has for you. These prayer ministers will be glad to pray with you. Stand in agreement and pray the prayer of faith to see you be born again. If you need a healing, if you need deliverance, if you're going through a circumstance or a challenge where the enemy's trying to cause a fear to come in, Come let one of these prayer ministers stand in faith and agreement with you today. And let me tell you what, we're stronger two by two than we ever standing alone. So if you need prayer in any way, I encourage you to come. Father, we just now bless each and every person as they uh, come forward for prayer. Or if there are those, God, they don't need prayer and they're ready to go, God, bless them. I pray with your presence, with your anointing. And Lord God, give them one of the best weeks they've ever experienced in their life. I pray as you bless each and every one as we go now in Jesus. Jesus' name, amen and amen. How about give God some praise in the house? Hallelujah.